Hey, did you know that plastic is produced with oil? A fossil fuel that pollutes the environment. Wouldn't it just be awesome if we could live our lives without plastic? Well, there's a company that wants to help you do just that. Life Without Plastic. They sell products that will reduce or eliminate your dependence on plastic. They have a large selection of products like toothbrushes, food storage containers, drinking straws. And the best part is that they're also very reasonably priced. So what are you waiting for? Check out all these great plastic-free products and help save the planet. Just click on the link in the show notes to find out more and to start your journey to being plastic-free. Hello, fellow nature lovers. You know, when I'm not researching, recording, or editing the Nature Wanderer podcast, I like to listen to other podcasts. One of my favorite podcasts that I enjoy listening to is Mindful Businesses, hosted by Vidya Lear. The podcast is all about businesses that use sustainable practices. This podcast is not your typical boring lecture on sustainability, but rather a lively and entertaining conversation with innovators, business leaders, and thought leaders from around the world. What I love about Mindful Businesses is that it's not just informative, but also entertaining. The conversations are engaging and lively, and I always come away with a new perspective on sustainability. Whether you're a business owner looking to build a more sustainable business or just someone interested in learning more about sustainability, Mindful Businesses is the podcast for you. So grab your headphones and join Vidya on this informative journey towards building a more sustainable future. Hey there, nature lovers. Welcome back to another episode of the Nature Wander Podcast. I'm your host, Paul, and today I'm back wandering in the wilds of my own backyard. I'm actually on a butterfly hunt. I'm seeking out monarch butterflies. I've got my net in hand and my envelope of tags in my pocket. You may be wondering, what on earth does he mean by tags? Well, I'm doing some citizen science. I'm actually participating in a program called Monarch Watch. I know I've explained citizen science in previous episodes, but maybe you've been living under a rock and haven't been listening to the past episodes. I'll forgive you this time. So here is a summary of what citizen science is. Okay, citizen science. It's where people like you and I help scientists around the world by collecting data for them. We go out into the field and do the simple research that the scientists don't have enough resources to handle. I mean, they can't be everywhere. Sometimes, like with Monarch Watches, which is what I'm doing right now, we actually do more than just observation. We physically participate. Yeah, I'm actually going out and um, going out in the fields in my backyard looking for monarch butterflies. When I see one, I will try to catch it with my net, of course, not with my bare hands, then place a tag on its wing very gently. And I'll explain the whole process when I do spot one and catch it. Um, I'm moving really slow because I am scanning the fields and I wanna make sure I see all the monarchs out there. Sometimes they're tough to spot. 
And of course, they usually pop up out of the tall grasses just when I'm passing by and I'm, my reflexes are too slow and I don't catch them, but we'll see what happens here. So that's what I'm doing. I'm out of my backyard and I'm trying to catch them. So I'm going to catch them. I'm going to put a tag on their wing. When I do, I will release it back out into the wilds of my yard and I'm sure he'll wander further and further. There's a butterfly, but it's not a monarch. Very beautiful butterfly though. Yeah, not a monarch butterfly. So I'm not going to catch them, not going to tag them. When that monarch migrates south, there is a team of people that go to the wintering grounds to see if they can spot these tags. They have these strong binoculars, spotting scopes, and they're looking for these tags so they can see if there's any tagged monarchs. And they can actually look at the numbers. Each tag has a different number and they can record the travels of these amazing creatures. So who are these butterflies that science is so interested in? Well, the monarch butterfly, Danaeus plexippus, not platypus, not like the duckbill platypus, no, plexippus, that's the scientific name for it, the Latin name. It is an insect that goes through four life cycles. You may have heard about metamorphosis, that fancy word that basically means change. Well, the monarch is a master of metamorphosis. Yeah, they go through four different stages and they change from one form into another during these stages. Now, the four stages of the life cycle include the egg, the larva, which is the caterpillar, the pupa, which we know as the chrysalis, and of course, the adult. It all starts when an adult female monarch lays her eggs on the underside of milkweed leaves. I'm always checking all the milkweed, looking underneath, seeing if I can see the little dots underneath. Those little spots are usually monarch eggs. So that's what I like to look for. Why milkweed? Well, milkweed is the only plant that the monarch caterpillars feed upon. These sneaky little eggs that I sometimes don't see because they are quite small. Um, so these sneaky little eggs hatch into tiny little caterpillars that are absolute eating machines. Seriously, they can chow down on milkweed like it's an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah, I always know which milkweed plants have caterpillars on them because there's lots of pieces chewed out of the plant. Yeah, they go nuts eating that milkweed. Now, as these critters grow, they molt off their, their small skin. I mean, it gets a little tight for them. So they'll do what we call a molt, where they basically shed that skin and underneath is new skin. Yeah, it's, it's usually bolder, you know, brighter colored. Um, and eventually they transform into what we know as the chrysalis. Now the chrysalis, that's where the ultimate makeover takes place. The chrysalis is where the metamorphosis happens. This is the third stage of the life cycle. I'm sure everyone is familiar with the light green chrysalis with that gold ring around the upper part. There is where the real magic happens. Inside that chrysalis, these caterpillars turned into cocoons are busy building their body from scratch. 
Yeah, from scratch. Seriously, it's almost like they melt away and dissolve away and they basically are rebuilding themselves from scratch. It's amazing. After a couple of weeks of this rebuilding, turning from a butterfly, or sorry, turning from a caterpillar into a butterfly, takes a couple of weeks. Okay, after that, they emerge as a butterfly. Most people, like I said, know what the monarch caterpillar, or I should say chrysalis, the monarch chrysalis looks like with that gold ring around the top. I remember when I was younger, they were always, I was always told that scientists really don't understand what that gold ring is. And they've done a lot of research on it. And they have found that these gold spots, it's actually a ring of spots, they serve the function of oxygen exchange in and out of the chrysalis. Now the spots are not actually metallic as they look. I mean, they look like they're actual gold, but they're not. Sorry, you're not gonna collect chrysalises and make a fortune, but they are not metallic at all. Okay, what they do is they reflect, the cells reflect light like metals do, giving them the appearance of being metallic. Now, scientists have some theories, some other theories besides the oxygen exchange thing, um, why these golden spots that make up the ring, the golden ring is there. Um, some of the theories include that they are water droplets. They're mimicking water droplets, kind of a camouflage. I don't know. To me, it kind of stands out. So that theory doesn't hold up in my book. Other scientists are studying them and trying to figure out if they have any involvement in the distribution or formation of the wing scale coloration. I don't know. I think that's stretching it a bit too, but I mean, they're researching it so they really want to know what it's for other than oxygen exchange, but no one really knows other than that. So those are the four stages of the monarch butterfly. Goes from the egg to the larva or the caterpillar. And then from the caterpillar, it goes into the chrysalis and it transforms. Oh, I got to take a break here. I just came to a part of my trail where the blackberries are, so. Oh, they are so delicious this year. So they go into the chrysalis and then after the chrysalis, they turn into the butterfly. So let's talk lifespan. I mean, these guys are coming all the way up from, from their wintering grounds down in Mexico. Okay, and they're coming all the way up here to the north, and they even go up into Canada too. But it doesn't all happen with one butterfly. No, the lifespan is actually very short. Yeah, monarchs don't have the longest lifespan in the insect kingdom, but they sure know how to make the most of their time. Depending on the season and their surroundings, these winged wonders can live anywhere from two weeks to several months. So it depends on the time of year. It depends on what they're doing, where they are. All of that will basically tell how long they're going to live. So after spending the winter in the mountains in Mexico, the adult butterflies head north. On their journey, they will only live two to five weeks as an adult and will lay their eggs 
before they die. Each generation will head a little bit further north and spend their time looking for a mate, laying eggs. So you've got these butterflies coming up, but they're not coming way up north. They're just going to maybe Florida, and then they spend a little time there. They find a mate, they lay eggs, and then they die. When the eggs hatch, that batch, they head a little bit further north, same thing happens. So this is the short lifespan of these butterflies. The adults, like I said, only two to five weeks while they're migrating to the north. So they go through four generations usually. Now the fourth generation, they're the ones that will finally head back to the wintering grounds to rest for the winter. And when they're down in the wintering grounds, the adults will live up to eight months. So their relatives, their parents, their grandparents, they're only living to be two to five weeks. But they get to live, the fourth generation, down in the wintering grounds, they get to live up to eight months before they start heading back to the north where they do their breeding. So this is the breeding grounds that I live in. And that's why we wait until August and September to tag the monarchs. That's why I'm out here now doing it. Uh, if we tag too soon, we're basically, you know, getting the earlier generations. Maybe it's a second generation, maybe a third generation. And they're just going to get tagged and they're going to head up north and they're going to die off. Someone will find a dead caterpillar with a tag on, report it. I mean, it does make a difference, but they mostly want to monitor the ones that are headed down to the Mexican wintering grounds. So let's talk about this migration. I mean, the migration is just mind-blowing. It's a bunch of butterflies, tiny little insects that are traveling thousands of miles between their breeding grounds in North America and their cozy winter getaway spots in Mexico. I mean, seriously, it's like they're living their best life going on the ultimate vacation down in Mexico. And get this, those colorful nomads navigate their way using a built-in GPS system. Yeah, they, they know which way to go. They know how to get there, even though they've never been there before. Remember, this is the fourth generation. This is new to them. But somehow there's like a GPS system built into them and they can find their way all the way down. They've got an internal compass. And what's really neat is they keep up with the latest weather reports. Yeah, they know what the weather is going to be. They're not watching the news. No, they know what the weather is going to be and they know what to avoid. You know, there's a hurricane coming, let's avoid that. We'll go around it or we'll just hold up and wait till it passes. So they can figure all this out. Amazing for a tiny little insect. So, so far, I've been going along and I haven't seen any monarch butterflies. It's a little bit cloudy today. Usually I find the most in my yard when they are, when it's really sunny. Um, besides that, I've been busy talking. Did you know that monarchs are actually toxic? Remember how I said that they feed on milkweed? You ever 
touch milkweed and you get all that sticky stuff all over your fingers. And if you accidentally put your fingers in your mouth, it's really bitter and disgusting tasting. Well, the monarch caterpillar does not mind this. They actually enjoy eating it because it puts the toxins from that milkweed into their system. You get a bird or some other predator coming along and that predator will taste those disgusting toxic juices in this caterpillar or in the butterfly because it gets passed on to the butterfly through the metamorphosis too and they are totally disgusted with the taste. So what they do is they spit it out and they learn, oh, that beautiful orange and black butterfly that's flying around. I'm not going near them. They taste terrible. So it's a defense mechanism, that taste. Now there is a butterfly, and I always have to watch when I'm out here catching the butterflies. There's another one who uses the same thing, only he tastes good. The Viceroy. The Viceroy butterfly looks like a monarch butterfly, except they're smaller. So if you see what looks like a monarch, but it looks like he's really tiny. And the, the, the patterns on the wings are a little different too. Look it up on Google and see what the difference is between a monarch and a viceroy butterfly. But you'll notice how they look very similar. And that's because these viceroys who taste delicious, I don't know for a fact, I've never eaten one, but the birds think they taste delicious and other predators think they taste delicious. But because they look like a monarch and everyone knows that the monarch is poisonous and tastes terrible, they avoid the viceroys as well. So it's their defense mimicking. So mimicry actually helps them to survive. Now, unfortunately, there are other dangers for the monarch besides predators. Yeah, they face challenges like habitat loss, climate change. I remember several years back, the population of monarchs just plummeted. And the reason was because the monarchs, they actually were in their wintering grounds and a hurricane went through and the hurricane wiped out a large portion of the population, which means you have fewer butterflies migrating back up to the breeding grounds. So there has been years where that did not help them, hurricanes, but also climate change, getting too warm. That is another thing that's been hurting them. And of course, habitat loss fields being cut too soon, um, the milkweed growing in a farmer's field and they hay it. There's no milkweed left then. So a lot of the milkweed is actually disappearing. I have a lot of milkweed in my fields and I don't cut it down. I actually have transplanted some when I mow and I see it coming up in the middle of a section that I'm mowing. I will take it, dig it up, and I will transplant it to another area because I want the milkweed for the monarchs. It's the only thing they like to eat. 
Without the milkweed, you don't have monarchs. And unfortunately, a lot of the milkweed has been disappearing, so that means fewer monarchs. So what can you do to help the monarchs? Well, you can start doing like I'm doing right now, some citizen science. Go to Monarch Watch. I will put the link in the show notes. But if you go to Monarch Watch, you can actually start tagging monarchs. And like I said, as soon as I see one, I'll let you know and I'll talk you through the process. Another thing you can do is on Monarch Watch, they, and there's other places that do it as well, they will sell milkweed for you to plant in your yard. If you go to Monarch Watch, they do sell milkweed plugs. So that you can buy these plugs and you put them in the ground. You can plant milkweed in your yard. Uh, I've done that before as well because there's an area of my yard that didn't have milkweed. I thought this would be a great place for milkweed for the butterflies. And so I did that and I got a small section of milkweed growing. And it'll spread every year. Um, it has already. So it's been a few years. So do that. Plant flowers. Native flowers. Um, look for the different flowers that monarchs like to uh, get the, their nectar from. You can do some research on that. Uh, there's a lot of sites out there that have information on that. Uh, to keep more wild areas in your yard. Stop mowing so much. You can also plant a, a butterfly garden. Plant you know, have a separate garden with just flowers that monarchs like. And that way you can encourage the monarchs to come to your yard. They'll um, lay the eggs on the milkweed that you have in your yard as you'll get another generation coming up right in your own yard. So all of these things can actually help the monarchs to survive. So I encourage you to do these things. Now I have noticed that the population this year seems to be low. I mean, I go for walks all the time in my backyard, my 12 acres. I love walking my, my fields. Um, I have paths going through it. And this year it's been a great growing year. I mean, the plants in my field, the flowers, I mean, they're almost up to my shoulder. That's how high everything is this year. In past years, I have not seen it this high. So I've been walking through my fields, and I have not noticed as many monarchs as I have in the past. Uh, last year, wow, banner year, I tagged probably about 50 monarchs. And it's not all in one day. Usually I'll get like five or six a day, you know, and I'll keep going out every few days whenever the weather is right, whenever it's nice and sunny. And I'll spot these monarchs, I'll grab them and tag them. I had so many last year, and this year I've noticed not as many. Now, I'm coming up to an area where there's lots of flowers, and this is where I usually see the monarchs. Uh, you may hear some rustling, so if I do spot one, I'll have to go out into the field. That's usually where they'll be. And the grass, like I said, the grasses, the plants, the flowers, everything is really tall this year. Matter of fact, I think I 
see one over here. I have learned sneak up from behind. I know it sounds weird, but yeah, whenever I go head first into them, and I have to be really quiet. Whenever I go head first, they always see me and fly away. You gotta be really quick. So I'm gonna sneak up on this guy. Luckily his back is turned to me. And got him. Okay, that was kind of easy. He took off and I do a kind of a zigzag motion with my net and that usually helps me to grab them. And then I'm reaching down into my net very gently. I have to do everything very gently. I mean, they have scales on their wings and you don't want to damage the scales because if you damage the scales, they won't be able to fly. Okay, so I've got them in my hand very gently. I'm actually holding his wings closed. Once again, very gently. Grab a tag out of my pocket. I've got my sheet too. Okay, and the tag code. I won't read it off to you, but it's basically got four letters and three numbers. So let me. I did remember a pen. Yep, I got my pen. Okay. Always be prepared. Okay, so I've got my pen. I write down the tag number, the month, day, year. And then they want to know if this one is wild caught or reared. It's wild caught. Have you ever raised caterpillars into monarchs and you watch the chrysalises? I did it with my grandson uh, a couple years back. Uh, I worked at a nature center. We used to do it every single year. We would have a, an aquarium full of like 10 chrysalises or so, and we'd watch them hatch. And then we'd let the kids who visited our nature center, we'd let them release them. Um, but yeah, so if you rear them, you can tag them just as well. But they want to know if, you, if they are wild caught or whether you raise them. And of course, the location, city, state, zip code. Um, and then the last thing they want to know is male or female. Now, the nice thing about when you get these tagging kits, there's a nice sheet that shows you and tells you how to do this, how to hold them, where to put the tag. I mean, the tag, I already put it on, but um, the tag goes on a certain part of the bottom of the wing. That way, when they have their wings closed, when they're down in their wintering grounds, the tag is easier for these researchers down in Mexico to spot. Um, but it also does not harm the... If, if you put it on the top, it's actually going to do damage to the scales on the wing. Okay, so this one here has a black spot on the lower wing on the top. That black spot is where the pheromones are released, which basically is how the male will attract the female. So that tells me this one is a male. So I'm gonna mark an M on my sheet. 
all done, this guy goes. So there he goes. Have a good day. So that is how you tag Monarch. So usually it doesn't take as long, but I was explaining the process as I was doing it. I'm gonna slowly walk back out of the field so that I may find another one. Like I said, this is a good spot for them. Lots of flowers in this area. And because there's no sun, they're not as active. Um, I found usually when it's a cloudy day, the monarchs will kind of just find a plant and just rest and relax. Plus, we're supposed to have some rain coming in this afternoon. And I'm sure, like I said, they know the weather. So they're kind of bunkered down today. I'll probably come out again tomorrow afternoon. It's supposed to be a little bit sunnier tomorrow. And we'll see what we can catch. Well, I hope you enjoyed learning about monarch butterflies. These amazing creatures go through that metamorphosis. And hopefully I encouraged you to do some conservation in your yard to attract the monarchs, to help the monarchs to survive. Remember, these guys are important parts of the ecosystem. Not only are they food for birds and, and some other predators, but they are also pollinators. Yeah, monarch butterflies are pollinators, so good to have around. So hopefully you will do your part to help the monarch butterflies. Um, as I'm walking back to the house, I'm gonna keep my eye open. Hopefully we can find more than just one today. <laughs> but like I said, the weather is not perfect for it. So I'm gonna wrap things up. Uh, don't forget to tell your friends to join us. Encourage them to listen to the podcast and hopefully they will also rate and review i hope you've done that already rate and review the podcast and if you want to find out more about the nature wanderer my website is naturewanderer.org naturewanderer.org you can also find me on facebook the nature wanderer you can find me on instagram at the nature wanderer underscores in between each word you can also support the podcast by going to my patreon page and becoming a patron um, you get some extras if you are a patron and you can also go to my ko-fi page all the links are in the show notes and nope nope thought i saw another one it's a viceroy yeah didn't fool me, a little bit smaller. Anyhow, um, yeah, go to my Ko-Fi, become a patron at my Patreon page. All the links are in the show notes or on my website. You can also get some awesome merch. I haven't had a chance, but I am working on getting some more merchandise on my merch page, which can be found in the show notes or linked from my website. Uh, have a great day, guys, and above all, 
keep exploring the nature around you. Hello, nature lovers. Do you love to read books like I do? I've always enjoyed reading books ever since I was a kid, especially books about nature. Unfortunately, as I get older, I find myself with less and less time to sit down with a good book. I've solved that problem with Audible. Audible allows you to listen to your favorite titles while you are driving at the gym, taking a walk, wherever you are. With all the latest titles, you'll have quite a selection to choose from. And they have podcasts, too. Start listening today with a free 30-day trial. To get your free 30-day trial, go to the show notes and click on the link. Happy listening.